to the Prophecy Club. Today we're going to be talking about revelations from God that I've received in the process of memorizing Revelation. And I just marvel, you pastors out there, I just I just marvel at how you're able to, to preach the Word of God and teach so wonderfully and just, you know, you make everybody feel so good and so warm and so loved and wow, that was... But but that's just not me. I'm sorry. I'm a prophecy teacher, and my heart is, I know that the seven-year tribulation is coming, and uh, boy, I wish I could preach and teach this New Testament. Uh, you, you New Testament pastors, you just, you thrill me. You just amaze me how you can just talk endlessly about Jesus and the New Testament, and uh, I could talk for about 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, I mean, outside of just teaching the Word of God, of course, but uh, you just you just amaze me. So anyway, I I, I I I just think it's wonderful how you can do that. But anyway, I am an end time prophecy teacher. I believe that the seven year tribulation is only a few short years away. In other words, I do not think we have fifty years. I do not think we have twenty years. I don't even think we have ten years until the tri- the tribulation starts, and it might be as short. And I'm not setting a date here. I'm just saying, based upon my 40 years in Bible prophecy, it might be as short as two or three years away. I mean, who knows? Maybe Terry Bennett is correct. He doesn't say it directly, but in so many words, he says the tribulation starts in 2022. Again, now, I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth, but he, he may, let's put it this way. He may be closer to correct than closer to incorrect, but our best technique, our, our best idea, our best position to stand on is assume that the tribulation is close and make certain that we're ready for it, then to assume it's 50 years away, it's not in our lifetime, it's out there someplace, it's over the horizon, but we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> That's a very dangerous position to take. So today I want to talk about the revelations that I received in the process of memorizing the book of Revelation and then writing my book. Again, now I had no idea that this is going to happen to me. I mean, I thought, okay, you know, I mean, I love Revelation. I teach Bible prophecy. It's probably a good idea. It's a good little project. But first of all, I didn't think it was going to come in too handy, and I wasn't even certain I could even do it. That's the reason I didn't. <laughs> sad to say. I didn't even start at Revelation 1.1. I started at Revelation 1.8 because the first seven verses looked too difficult. I didn't even. Yeah, I mean, you could look at my notes. I, when I started writing it down, I didn't start at Revelation 1.1. I started Revelation 1.8. I just I didn't think I'd be able to do it. And I wasn't going to tell anybody I was even trying because I didn't want to be wrong, saying, hey, I'm going to memorize Revelation, and then didn't do it, you know. So anyway, what happened was when I started memorizing it, I started getting revelations. Now, I've already talked about a couple of those revelations, but today I want to talk about how I discovered all water on earth is going to be undrinkable 96 hours before it is done, is said, or 96 before or 96 hours before Armageddon happens, or the same thing, 96 hours before it is done, Armageddon, and the day of the Lord Jesus returns to burn the tears. All of that happens on trumpets. Now, knowing that the water, I'm talking about all water on the earth, becomes undrinkable 96 hours before Jesus returns is a real key. It's really important. But let me tell you how I came to that. Now, part of this I kind of discussed in another broadcast recently. But here's what happened. So I was memorizing one evening. And now, 
let me tell you my memorizing, all I did was get a spiral notebook and I wrote down in my nicest, neatest, cursive writing as if I was in some kind of a writing contest. I mean, I wasn't doing it fast. I was doing it so I could fall in love with every letter, with every word, with every sentence. And I was, I was like I was in a contest. I was trying to write it very, very neat. Why? Because I thought the neater it is, the easier it is to read, the easier it is to read, the higher probability I have of doing the impossible, and that is <laughs> memorizing this stuff. And then I would go over it and over it and over it and over it. And I'm not a smart guy, uh, as people <laughs> around. I mean, probably most of the people on radio, they're amazing people. I'm not amazing. Most of these people, these pastors, they, they, I, I, I just get floored. I, I, they just floor me with their skill and their speaking abilities and their understanding of the New Testament. They, they just flow. It's just amazing. But uh, I'm just a normal guy. And so I got to really work. I forgot to work three or four times harder to do what they probably do easily. So I was going along memorizing one evening, going over it and over it and over it and over it and over it. And all of a sudden, I heard the audible voice of God. And the reason I say it's God, because I can't imagine anyone else saying this. And what I heard was, it was very simple. I heard the seven seals play over seven years, the seven trumpets play over seven months, and the seven vials play over seven days. Let me repeat that. That's huge. Again, I got 30 revelations, two visions, but I only got one audible voice. I have to count it up, but I've heard the audible voice of God probably uh, in the ballpark of like five times in my whole life. So this is in my book, I mean, to a normal guy here that you know, I mean, I don't walk in the, the the great shoes of some of the people out there that are that are so close to God. So to me, that's a really big thing. So here's what I heard. The seven seals play over seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months. The seven vials play over seven days. Now, as I said in an earlier broadcast, and, and I put in my book, but I had to prove that. I had to prove that out in the Bible to make certain that that is really true. And of course it is. But it's amazing how you just, at least me, me, I, I can't see things sometimes until I've memorized them. It's like I'm looking right at the word. I understand what the word is, but I don't understand what the word is. In other words, I don't really have the revelation, the real understanding of what that is, and even more important, how that ties into other parts of the Bible. So as I started studying this, I began to see this. Now, let me go through just, and I'm looking at my chart which, by the way, is in my book. It's the whole back flap of my book folds out into like, a, a, I guess it's nine inch tall, 12 inch wide, two full color charts so that you can understand the book of Revelation and how the feasts tie into the, the, the revelation, the prophecies in Revelation. Okay, so anyway, the first vial is noisome sores break out upon men with the mark of the beast and those that worship his image, vial one. Vial 2 is important. The sea became blood like the blood of a dead man. Now, it didn't say here that the sea turns blood, but it says the sea turns to the blood like the blood of a dead man. Well, I haven't been around too many dead people, but, you know, I've watched movies and I've read a book of, uh, or two about it and, you know, some Jack Reacher novels and stuff. And uh, apparently when a, a person dies... The blood platelets begin to separate, and the the blood becomes like kind of bloody water. In other words, it's 
Sometimes it looked like blood. It's kind of curdled up, and then sometimes it looked more like red water. In other words, it, it kind of separates. Well, that's what it's saying happens to the seed. In the third vial, it says, now this is important. This is important. It's going to tie together with some things. Third vial, it says the rivers and fountains of waters became blood. It didn't say red. It didn't say turned red ivory. Uh, algae, it says they became blood. Now, how do we know that? Because of the very next verse, it says, and, and the angel of waters said, Thou art righteous, O Lord, who art and was and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have je- shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. So that literally is blood. Now, the fourth vial, here it is. This is when the sun scorches men. Isaiah 30, verse 26, says the sun gets seven times hotter. Wow. Okay, now, what happens? There's another scripture that says that the skin of everybody on earth turns black. So I don't understand that, but apparently it releases something from the sun that turns, like it's like a, probably a sunburn beyond a sunburn beyond a sunburn, and everybody's skin turns black. Maybe it's from some kind of rays that are released from the sun that normally don't reach us. We're not told. It's just that it gets really, really bad. That's the sun gets seven times hotter. All of this is God trying to get people to repent and receive Jesus. Now, the fifth vial, the seat of the beast, is full of darkness. Why? What happens? The sun gets seven times hotter, and then kind of like you're like you walk in a room, you flip the light switch, it gets really, really bright, and then the light bulb burns out. Well, that's what happens to the sun. It loses its flame. It literally goes out. Now, when the sun goes out, and we're getting real close to here to hear what, what I'm trying to say here. When the sun goes out, outer space is minus 455 degrees. So with no flame on the sun, with no heat coming to the earth, it doesn't take but like, well, I guess it'd be 72 hours. And the earth gets so cold that all of the moisture in the atmosphere turns to these 75-pound balls of hail. And according to scientists, they estimate that this hail, which would be about each, each weight, I mean, 75 pounds of ice. I mean, I'm not real smart on this, but it's probably about the size of like a beach ball. And it's probably about three to five foot thick all over the earth. So it's pretty much killed everything on earth. That happens at the, let me see, I'd be 72 hours before. Then the next day is is 48 hours before because now where the Euphrates dries up so that the kings of the east can march down for Armageddon. That is the Jesus gathering the tares for the burning. And then the seventh vial is the day that Jesus returns. That's the day of the Lord. That's when we return on white horses with him. He returns with the morning star, which is a light sword out of his mouth, and two other angels. The two other angels have two sharp sickles. They slash the grapes. That's the wreath of blood flows out of the wine presses, even out of the horses' bottles, by a space of 1,600 furlongs. Now, the point of the broadcast is, I want to tell you how I came by this undrinkable 96 hours. So how is it that the water is undrinkable 96 hours before. Well, that all stems from the audible voice that said, the seven seals play over seven years, seven trumpets, seven months, seven vials, seven days. So if you look on the third vial, that's when the rivers become blood. Okay, so second vial is 
Everything in the sea becomes as the blood of a dead man, means it's undrinkable. Then the, the third vial, so now we're one, two, three, four days away. All of the fountains and the rivers of water, means all waters in the aquifer, all underwater, uh, underground water, all water in the rivers, it all turns to blood. Not like water of a dead man, it turns to blood. The day before, all of the seas turn to the watery blood of a dead man, and everything in the seas dies. Now, don't worry, because Jesus is going to make a new world. All this is is just saying, look, time is about up, guys. You got to stop sinning. You got to repent. You got to ask Jesus. This is not Jesus is not being mean to people here, and you and I are probably already <laughs> the marriage supper lamb four months before this all happens. This is His mercy, trying to get people to repent. So ninety six hours before. Look, okay, the sun is out. That ought to be a pretty good sign. This world is coming to an end. But if that weren't enough, now all of the sea is blood. Everything in the sea is dead. All of the rivers, the fountains of water, they're all blood. So all water on earth is now undrinkable. The sun is out. And then this hail stones about the size of 75 pounds each, about the size of beet falls, fall all over the earth. The earth has fallen to where... It's probably pretty close down to zero to make all of those hailstones. And the only way anybody is alive on the earth is if they're under the earth. They have, I mean, that's the reason the sixth vial. He said they ran into the holes and the rocks and the crawl of the rock, cry to the rocks and the, and the mountains and said, Follow us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth upon the throne and for the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come and who should be able to stand? That stand doesn't mean who can stand on the face of the earth. It doesn't mean who has been raptured out. <laughs> it means who is able to stand when the burning comes. That's the reason he says, I counsel of thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. The fire is the morning star. The fire is the light sword that comes out of his mouth. He brandishes his sword. He blows with the breath of his nostrils. And that's the reason it says, and, and, and as lightning comes out of the east and of the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So that's the reason it looks like these lightning swords, these flashes, these laser beams probably, like up in the sky, are slashing here and slashing there as Jesus is returning, and he's returning now on trumpets. This is the day of the Lord. This is one evening and one morning, and the evening tide they are, and the morning they are not. One evening, one morning, he slashes and burns all of the tares, the two, excuse me, he burns all the tares, the two angels slash the grapes. The blood flies, out of, uh, pours out of the wine press after the horse bridles. And then after all of the slashing, all of the burning, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And then that's the reason he says the dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead in Christ there do rise first. But there's another dead in Christ rise first about four months before that. That's the people that go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And as I've said, the marriage supper of the Lamb is not about us. The marriage supper of the Lamb is about Jesus. And at the marriage supper of the Lamb, we only get two things. We get a wedding garment and a white horse. Jesus, however, that's where Daniel 2.44, I believe it is, says he comes near before the Father and he has given a kingdom of glory and dominion. Those are important words. He is crowned. He changes from lamb to lion. He changes from prince of the kings of the earth to king of kings and lord of lords of the earth. He's given many crowns. He's given a vesture dipped in blood and on his vesture, and that means up on the, on the top part over his chest, Going all the way down his side, down on the thighs, it says King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he, by the Father, is also given a white horse. 
He, with us, then returns about four months after the marriage supper of the Lamb. We return on trumpets for the grape harvest or Armageddon. Jesus as a lion, and we return as the bride of Christ. Not everyone is the bride of Christ. Look, if you didn't go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, how can you be the bride of Christ, okay? Now, doesn't mean you're not saved. Doesn't mean you don't have rewards and everything. But the bride of Christ, well, the bride of Christ, the ones that go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Who gets to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb? Those that are ready. What are the qualifications to be ready? Well, I can tell you there's 144,000. Their qualifications is they have to be of the first year. They have to be Jewish. They have to have no guile in their mouth. They have to uh, be virgins, not defiled with women. And they have to be without fault before the throne of God. And probably nobody on the earth qualifies for that right now. That's the 144,000. They are resurrected on first fruits. They walk around with Jesus, Jesus the Lamb, on first fruits. They walk around on Mount Zion. I realize this is a whole new understanding, but then that's what God gave me in the 30 revelations. It's a whole new understanding of Bible prophecy. If you want to know the latest of what God has spoken to people about the end times, then you got to get my book. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. It is the latest information on Bible prophecy. It may not be what your pastor's preaching because it, if your pastor hadn't read the book, he didn't know it. Now, I'm not running down pastors. They're better than I am when it comes to preaching the New Testament. I understand that. But pastors, if you want your congregation to know Bible prophecy, you need to call me. You need to set up a time for me to come in, and I will most graciously come in and explain the new things that God has shown me. Pastors, call me. I would love to come into your church. I don't care what size it is. I don't care how far it is. I don't care how many people you have. I will pay for my expenses to come in and teach Bible prophecy. God will supply. Okay, so anyway. So 96 hours before, now we have the water uh, freeze up. 96 hours before, all of the water on earth has either turned to blood or watery blood. And that all came because, he, he told me audibly, the the seals play over seven years, the, the trumpets play over seven months, the vials play over seven days. All right, now let's go to the day of trumpets specifically. This is another one of the revelations. There is only one rapture of the living. There is only one rapture of the living. Now, there's actually three raptures, or I should say three resurrections. See, so rapture means that you're alive and you're pulled up off of the earth. And that only happens one time. And that happens after the burning of the tares. Stan, you got a verse on that? Yes, I do. Matthew thirteen thirty. Gather you first the tares. What's a tear? A tear it looks like the wheat, appears, I mean, grows next to the wheat, but you can't tell the difference between a tear or the wheat until the harvest. That's the reason he said, no, wait till the harvest. And during the time of harvest, you used to live in Kansas, and so I can tell you, in the time of the harvest, the, the farmer would go into the wheat field, this is the olden days, and they would pull up, pull up all of the tares. The tares stand up straight, and their seeds are very, very small, but they're very, very bitter. And the, 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 at that time, it's easy to pull them up. So they put, the farmer pulls them up, and it tosses them in the fire, makes certain he burns all of the tares, gets every, every, every seed. One seed in the flour, and it makes it very bitter. Then he gathers all of the wheat into the barn. Well, that's the same picture. Matthew thirteen thirty. Gather you first the tares. That's all the weeds. Bind them into bundles, cast them into the fire. Then gather my wheat into the barn. The barn comes down on tabernacles. That's the reason the whole Feast of Tabernacles is about that. Now, let me go back to what I'm saying. Okay, so 
on the day of trumpets. After we return with Jesus, Jesus has used the morning star to burn the tares. The two angels with sickles slash and, 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 and crush the grapes. And then after that, then the dead in Christ rise first. Now, that's not all the dead. That's the dead that didn't get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. All the rest of the dead in Christ that were not ready, and we want to assume that all were ready, uh, come on Pentecost. But the Bible doesn't tell us. Okay, So the rest of them that are still saved, but they weren't ready. They didn't get to go into the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then they are resurrected first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Then 10 days later, it's atonement. This is the judgment of the dead. No one that is alive reports to this judgment. All of the living uh, that are alive all report to trumpets. They are all judged by fire. They're judged based upon, did you or did you not receive Jesus? Great white throne is 10 days later. It's atonement. The dead not in Christ appear, and they are judged by the books, or they are judged by their works. And they don't have anything to wash their sins away uh, other than just what they had in the, written in the books, unless they were part of the Jew, Jews that did keep the feast and did keep all of the, the sacrifices and they rolled their sins away with the blood of goats and bulls and things like that. So that was the only way that they could get their sins rolled away. At that particular judgment, the atonement, the great white throne, Jesus is the judge, Sad to say, probably not too many people are going to be getting in there. That's where it says, I saw the dead. So only the dead go in here. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. Nothing about Jesus there, because Jesus, he's the judge, but he's not washing anybody's sins away. Anybody who ever asked Jesus under the heart, they report to the judgment seat of Christ on trumpets. That is the judgment by fire. That's the reason Matthew, Luke 21, 36 says, Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that you might be accounted worthy to escape all these things and to stand before the Son of Man. Because that's the judgment seat of Christ. Dead or alive, everyone that has ever asked Jesus in their heart reports there on trumpets to the judgment seat of Christ. Ten days later, on atonement, the great white throne, Jesus once again is the judge. This is, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The books were open. The judgment was set. 6,000 years of sin is all covered, uh, that is not covered by a garment, is all revealed. The rewards are given to all of those people uh, that appear to the great white throne. Then, five days later, on tabernacles, that is when I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. This is when the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will be with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. God shall wipe all tears from their eyes, and they shall neither hunger, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb that dwelleth in the midst of the throne shall feed them and lead them into living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. That's all on tabernacles. Now, let me summarize what we're talking about here. And <laughs> I haven't even got to the three resurrections yet. Here. Oh, man, I'm running out of time. Okay, well, here, let me say this. Let me tell you from my heart why it's important to get my book. Oh, you get my book because we make more money. Yeah, well, if I was trying to make money, I wouldn't be selling it the way I'm selling it. I wouldn't be giving books away, and that's what I'm doing. So it's not about money. I want to win souls. And I believe that my book, one of these days, is going to win a lot of souls. I know it's new. I know it's you haven't run across this before, but... 
so far no one has attacked me, emailed me, this is a bunch of rubbish, this is by your crackpot, none of that weirdo. No, no, no. They're all positive comments. This is of God, brothers and sisters, get the book and you'll know. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55, a case of 60 for $250. Why do you do that, Stan? Because I don't want you to get one for 20. I don't want you to. I want you to get at least five for 30. Why? Because basically I'm selling you one book and giving you four more because I want you to give the other four away to your friends. When you go to give it to a friend, Here's what you say and what you don't say, in my opinion. I don't think you ought to talk about the rapture. You can, If they bring it up, just say, book's not about the rapture. It's about 30 revelations the guy received, and he receives any revelations on the rapture. Uh, the book does not have the word rapture in there, and it's probably not going to change your opinion on the rapture. But it will change your opinion on the events and the order of events for the last days, if you'll just read it. And I, I, make this, I would make this comment to him. If you'll just read the first 13 pages... Not much, okay? Just read the first 13 pages. If it hadn't caught your attention, stop reading. Show them the charts. Open the back up. Show them those charts. If they have any interest in Bible prophecy, if they know anything about the ends, those charts are going to grab them. Those charts, in my opinion, my humble opinion, I mean, I mean I've been studying prophecy 40 years. I'd have loved to have this 40 years ago. I don't care who it's from. Okay, I, don't, I, I would have said it was from God. So anyway, one for 20. 5 for 30, 10 for 55 at prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. Which, by the way, when you're there, it would be real nice if you like Prophecy Club, if we've been a benefit to you, and if God has blessed you, would you consider blessing us? Because it's summertime. Man, I, I tell you what, every summer we just, we just almost dry up and blow away. It just seems like the donations just stop. I, I can't explain it. I just know what happens. Every summer, man, we just about blow away. Our mailbox just <laughs> it just dries up. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what's going to happen? I'll never forget the first time it happened. You know, we, we were blowing and going. Ministry was going and growing. And, and all of a sudden, man, 1st of May hit. It was like, whoa, did we send the newsletter out? <laughs> what, what happened? So if God has blessed you, Prophecy Club has been a blessing if you could bless us, man, wow, now would be a, a real good time to do so. Matter of fact, let me pray for you. Because you know what you want is you want God to be closer to you. You want him to speak to you and guide you and walk with you. And what I want is to be able to tell the people that what God has put in my heart. And what I want is the money to buy more radio and TV stations what I want is to try to save this nation from being destroyed by the Russians or at least softening and delaying it. So I'm going to pray that you get what you want, and I'm going to ask you to pray that we get what we want. Okay, so here you go. Lord, I believe the people listening right now, they're not normal Christians. These are watchmen. These are people that love you. They love the end times. They know what time it is. They know that our nation's in trouble. They know that we don't have long before the tribulation hits. And their heart is to serve you. I think that many of the people listening right now, their heart is more towards serving you than doing their job. They, they don't wake up every morning and go to the job because they love their job as much as they wake up every morning. How can I serve you, Lord? How can I, how can I please you? What can I do? So, Lord, I'm going to ask you to order their footsteps. I'm going to ask you to be a lamp under their feet and a light under their path. Be that voice behind them that would speak to them and to guide them Go ye this way. Go that way. This is the way. Go in thereat. 
and that you would give them dreams and visions and understanding of the scriptures supernaturally. And when they get this book, that you would help them to supernaturally understand this book and Bible prophecy. And that you would give them souls, and not just a few. And when the time comes that you would see their raised hand, when they said, Here am I, Lord, send me. And you would call them to go out to speak in the highways and the byways. You would call them to speak to people in the streets, people in the houses, people in the woods, people in the high scrapers. And you would give them words to say, and that people would gather around because they would hear the voice of God coming out of these people, and that they would have an answer to give to people about the last days. And even when people come to gainsay against them, oh, you're crazy, you have a hole in your head, you don't know what you're talking about, you would give them the answer and the words to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's the best deal we've ever offered at the Prophecy Club. Five, how pre-trib one. Five, tribulation secrets in Daniel. Five, God's warning to America. Five, secret door to understand Bible prophecy. And ten, miss the mark. Forty books, gift of $100, prophecyclub.com, prophecyclub.com. Terry Sock of Cornerstone Asset Metals is a prophecy student, reads his King James Bible, and wants to help Prophecy Club win souls even if it means he loses money. I think that's the right attitude when someone values winning souls more than making money and he's doing so by sponsoring Prophecy Club on radio. So, if you'd like to help win souls, the next time you need gold, silver, palladium, rhodium bars, or coins, contact cornerstoneassetmetals.com. They can help you roll over your IRA, 401k, so just tell cornerstoneassetmetals.com Prophecy Club sent you. Click like, share, and subscribe. Click like, share, and subscribe.